Hello and welcome to Tinker Talks, the audio format podcast that talks about what goes on behind the fence line of Tinker Air Force Base. I am your host, Mark Hybers, and today we have a very rare opportunity. We had the chance to sit down with the Chief of Staff of the Air Force, General David L. Goldfein. He serves as the senior uniformed officer responsible for the organization, training, and equipping of 685,000 active duty, guard, reserve, and civilian forces serving in the overseas and the U.S. As a member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the General and other service chiefs function as military advisors to the Secretary of Defense, National Security Council, and the President. Due to the restricted time, we recorded the podcast without doing the opening and closing as part of the interview like we normally do. The General was here to see how depot operations are going during the current COVID-19 pandemic. He toured several facilities and had high praise for the leadership and dedicated workers on the front lines keeping the warfighter equipped with necessary components and the airplanes they need to continue the mission downrange. We also discussed diversity and inclusion, to which the General was very open and candid in regards to how we are doing as an Air Force and the work to be done. So with that, let's go ahead and join the conversation. General Goldfein, thank you so much for taking time today to sit down and join us for this podcast. No, thank you. Um, I know you've had a very busy day. And it's I, been a great day. You're coming up to us last, so hopefully they haven't worn you out before we before we get into a conversation. No, that, these, these visits actually recharge my batteries. I can go, I can go another day or two. Awesome. Good, good. So we're going to start out with a, uh, a question that's really um, very important right now at this time. Uh, obviously, the whole visit is, but uh, this is kind of more recent. So as with the rest of the Air Force, Tinker has increased its focus on diversity and inclusion. Uh, in light of current developments across the nation, what thoughts would you share with Team Tinker about this incredibly important topic? Well, you know, Chief Wright uh, and I decided very quickly after first the very tragic killing of George Floyd mm -hmm. and then the national response to that tragedy that this is not something that is just on the streets of Minneapolis. This is something that's inside of our Air Force mm -hmm. um, that we've got to own. And, uh, you know, whether you want to talk about uh, the disparity between African-American male, young African-American male and their white counterparts when it comes to, to discipline, right. uh, whether, or just acknowledging that we have unconscious bias throughout our Air Force, we've been given an opportunity, I think, in this tragedy to get better mm -hmm. and, 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 and really get better not just talk about it, but take meaningful action. So Chief Wright and I have been focused on really three elements of our response to this. Number one is own it, mm -hmm. grab ownership of it early, right. and acknowledge the fact that we got a problem. Number two is listen, have meaningful, albeit uncomfortable discussions mm -hmm. about race relations. And as leaders up and down the organization, we ought to be squinting with our ears and listening to our airmen, right. really listening to what life is like for them as they juggle sometimes two worlds. Mm -hmm. And the third element, uh, which I think in the end is gonna be what we're graded on, is take meaningful action. Right. Talk is great and we gotta do it. Action is what makes the institution better. And so um, we didn't get here overnight and we're not gonna recover or get better overnight. This is weeks, months, years, quite frankly, a focused, uh, relentless effort to get better as an institution. Right. And so this is, I mean, this isn't going to stop 
after your command and and you've gone and moved on to something else um, no and i'll tell you boy talk about exciting i hope i hope everybody across the air force is really excited about their new chief right uh, coming in you know we're still you know waiting for a confirmation mm-hmm. from the senate but uh, i've known general cq brown for most of our career together right. and there's nobody better prepared to step in to be chief of staff of the air force um, he's just a spectacular officer, and if you haven't seen his video, uh, what I'm thinking about that he put out to PACAF, it is a must-see for everyone in the United States Air Force. Right. That was very, very powerful. Yep. Uh, extremely powerful for him, and it's well worth a watch. Um, and you had made mention in your commentary about uh, small-mindedness, and I, that, I picked up on that point as being that's that's really a that really stuck out to me, small-mindedness when in comparison to this. So. It was a great commentary. Also, uh, I'll get to it in the show notes afterwards to make sure that anybody who has not been able to to see what you and the chief have been doing and to read that commentary that we make sure we point them in that direction. Yeah, good. Um, so, sir, uh, the Air Force Materiel uh, Commander, co- uh, Commander Ge- or General Arnold Bunch, he was here last year for an immersion, and he said during that immersion that AFMC is the only place he'd ever been where airmen uniformly perform their wartime mission every day. Were you able to see that that wartime mission pride here at the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex today? Boy, was I ever. Um, just absolutely spectacular what this institution has done in dealing with COVID. And, and let me just tell you, uh, they don't come any better than General Arnie Bunch. Hmm. I mean, that guy inspires me every day. Um, and, uh, and they don't come any better than General Gene Kirtland. Right. You know, we, we've got an incredible team here. And what was impressive to me was to see how quickly this organization adapted mm-hmm. um, using the Center for Disease Control Protocols to change operations to be able to get back to, you know, some sense of normalcy, if you will, when it comes to product. Because the Air Force runs on our depots and the magicians who keep these you know aging aircraft uh, airborne at the rates that we keep them airborne you know just think of global mobility as one example right Right. an aircraft taking off and landing every two to three minutes 24 7 365 right well guess what made that happen our depots Mm -hmm. so uh, yeah i saw it here in spades incredible innovation and great leadership awesome yeah they have done a remarkable job and of course you you cut your teeth in the pilot world so you you can you know more than anybody how important it is that you keep your engines and uh and the aircraft coming um so how important we talk about that so how important is it to the air force and the dod for that matter that the work accomplished by the men and women here at the air force sustainment center continues on even through a global pandemic that there's there's very little to no slowdown uh, all their products are getting out their their quality the workers here are safe is it talked about up on at your level it sure is and uh, another great leader we have is general warren barry uh the air force's a4 who is uh deep deep into not only making sure that that our sustainment community has what it needs but also looking for innovative ways to change in the future. I had a chance today to uh, talk to some of the folks at uh, one of the stops in the depot, and I, I shared with them, I said, you know, I'm, I'm one of those pilots that has an odd number of takeoff and landings, right? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I brilliantly intercepted an enemy missile with my aircraft, you know, some years <laughs> ago, right? 
Mm-hmm. But uh, you just sort of you step back and you think through a successful ejection from a distressed airplane that's fallen apart. It's about 17 unrelated miracles that have to happen in a span of about seven seconds, right? right. I mean, you know, when, it, when, when you finally decide it's time to go, you pull that handle, that handle better not come off in your hand. Right. Better work, right? <laughs> uh, because it's not going to end well if that had happens. And the canopy's got to clear. And it, because if that canopy, canopy doesn't clear, a seat doesn't fire, or you get fired through this canopy, which is going to leave a mark. Mm-hmm. Then, then the seat's got to fire you out, and clear the, it's got to clear the aircraft without you hitting anything. Then it's got to deploy a drogue chute, stabilize the canopy. The the rock's got to fire, stabilize the seat. It's got to you know determine what altitude you're at and make a decision on when it's going to deploy the actual canopy. It's got to kick you out so that you're clear of the seat and the seat doesn't hit you uh, there during this rather violent experience. And then you got to get a full parachute to be able to get you safely down to the ground. So I'm sitting here today without a scratch on me, right? Right, mm-hmm. because uh, my aircraft performed exactly like. Uh, it was intended to perform. And guess where my airplane had gone through just before we deployed together? Hmm. Depot, maintenance. Right. That's so awesome. so yeah. somebody put their fingerprints on every part of that sequence right. to make sure that their part worked. And what I shared with the, with the folks there on the floor was, you know, they hold the, they hold the life of that pilot uh, or an air crew in their hands mm-hmm. every time an aircraft takes off. Right. Their fingerprints are on that airplane. So I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, another satisfied customer here for folks in the depot who did some great work for me. That's awesome. Carrying on their wartime mission. Um, and so the Oklahoma City Air Logistics Complex g- does generate uh, thousands of production hours for the Air Force every day. Continuing that mission through the, the COVID-19 pandemic was daunting. Um, the leadership team did execute a plan to keep mission critical workers safely accomplishing uh, here, accomplishing their work. Could you tell us a little bit more about what you saw as far as how they were able to do that successfully? You know, it seemed, you know, it was pretty clear to me. First thing they did was they, uh, well, first thing they did was they, you know, sent people home. Mm-hmm. And then probably some of the most innovative work I heard about today was the work we did with the union, the union president. And so the commander and the union president actually got together to determine, okay, how do we bring people back to work? in a way that's safe, that they feel secure, and that we can then bring into the workplace all of the CDC protocols that we know work right. in the, against this pandemic. We actually know physical distancing works, right? As long as you and I stay six feet apart, right. um, we know that works. Right. We know that if we go within six feet, we, we, then we got to mask up, right? right. And uh, we got to do all those, those things. We, we know, so if you walk around the depot floor, uh, you'll see plexiglass, you'll see, uh, you know, posters, you'll see places where people can stand and know that they're far enough apart. You'll see cohorts working together that have actually already established that they've spent time enough together and know each other uh, to the point where. So so all these things are in place. Um, and I was just, to me, I was, just, I, was, I was really heartened by the fact that one of the briefers today was the union president. Right. Right, and so that individual uh, is as important part of this success story as anybody else I met today. Right, there's a lot of civilians here, so that's uh, maybe unique and in in and of itself. Um, So switching gears out of the depot for a second, sir, um, the one-of-a-kind 552nd Air Control Wing is one of Team Tinker's three operational wings and is critical, as you know, to our national defense. 
Can you speak to how important their health and readiness is to operations around the world? Well, they're probably one of the most uh, high-demand, low-density density, uh, weapon systems in our inventory. You know, every combatant commander wants more AWACS, mm-hmm. not the least of which is our very own NORTHCOM NORAD commander, uh, General O'Shaughnessy. And so uh, I'm actually very happy that we now have, uh, we've, we've hit a new st- stable normal in the Middle East that's allowed us to bring our crews home mm-hmm. to be able to reconstitute, get back into training, and have some stability in their lives, which was somewhat absent over uh, several months of surge operations mm-hmm. in the Middle East. Now, you know, clearly, you know, we're ready to go we're anywhere we need to go in the time frame the nation needs us to do it. But I'm glad we're, we're actually getting a little bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say a break, mm-hmm. because, you know, training that hasn't happened now will happen. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, our incredible air battle, man- air battle managers and all the folks that are in that team, 552nd, have a chance for a little bit of time for family and those other things that are really important. You know, I was really, I was, uh, I was privileged to be participate and officiate in the naming of a building at Tyndall Air Force Base for my, one of my best friends, General Lori Robinson. Really? And um, as I told them when we were doing the, the naming of the building, I said, you know, uh, not not a lot of people outside the Air Force actually know what an air battle manager does. Mm-hmm. So we got to explain it to them, right? right? They tell fighter pilots where to go. Mm-hmm. And if fighter pilots are paying attention, they do exactly what they're told. Right. All right. And uh, these are incredible uh, airmen who really are, for me, they are the PhDs of command and control. They are the doctors of where we're headed that we're going to lean on as we build joint all-domain command and control. Mm-hmm. The ABM community is where I'm going to go, where I'm going to get that Ph.D. level of understanding of where the entire Department of Defense, let alone the Air Force, needs to go as we build the the force that we need to win. That's awesome. Interesting concept. Um, The Ph.D. is, yeah, and people just think they're they're just a dome flying around in the sky, but their their ops tempo is uh, impressive, to say the least. And so uh, speaking of that, and you you talk about... um, them getting back home to spend some extremely valuable and needed time with their families. People are the greatest asset of the Air Force. And so as you travel to bases like Tinker, are you surprised to see how our workforce has adapted and stepped up to meet the challenge of COVID and continue to do all of the wartime operations? I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I would say I'm, uh, for me, it's reinforcing that our work to push decision authority down to the found f- fundamental fighting formation in the United States Air Force, which is the squadron, right. um, actually helped us immeasurably right. to respond to COVID because commanders hopefully felt empowered to move out, to make decisions, to take risk, to handle their organization. And as I, as I continue to tell them, hey, look, at I, comp- I, I trust you completely. Right. So therefore, uh, don't wait for me, right? And so, uh, so it's not surprising at all. It's actually, for me, um, I'm very grateful to our command teams, 
which I define as a commander, a senior NCO, volunteer lead spouse, mm-hmm. that they moved out to take care of their, their squadrons, their right. groups, their wings, and didn't wait for you know guidance from above. Right. And so we're going to continue to push decision authority down as much as we can, and it'll and whether it's COVID or the next fight, or you know you name the challenge that we face, hurricane season coming up, mm-hmm. you name it, you know it's it's our squadron commanders who are going to lead us into the next operation, mm-hmm. and I'm just thrilled that they have the decision authority they need. It's awesome, and that great leadership to push it down and and to think that way. And you were already way out in front of this years ago with the the growing and empowering the squadron so i'm sure it's nice to see that plan really really come to fruition and working it's fun um and now we we talk about um, partnerships and i know some of the things that you were able to see here today just screams of partnerships so the support and partnership the community has shown tinker over our 75 years has been so valuable to our growth and success you saw depot operations performed at Building 9001, which was the old GM plant. Yep. Um, and, of course, you saw the new KC-46 sustainment campus coming to life on a previous railroad yard. Yeah. Uh, both resulted from real investments by our community. What would you say to the community, if they're listening, um, about the value of their partnership to our Air Force? Yeah, very simply, thank you. You know, uh, Oklahoma City, Tinker, it's the gold standard for taking care of families. Mm. You know, we live, we airmen, active guard, reserve, civilian. You know, we we live, we work, we play. Um, our kids go to school. Uh, we participate in functions. I mean, we're we're part of the community. And nobody wraps their arms around airmen like like Oklahoma City and Tinker right. in terms of the gold standard for taking care of families. And so. And that's first and foremost for me is thank you for for treating us as part of your community because mm-hmm. we are your neighbors and we want to be good neighbors. The second thing I will tell you, though, is that the very proactive work by the community to help us with the land, help us with the expansion that we have got to succeed in as we bring on new mission right. uh, has been essential to success and what I saw today uh, really warmed my heart I, I forget who I was talking to who told me sir I've been in the Air Force 29 years or 27 years or whatever I've never actually cut the ribbon on a new hangar this is the first time yeah. I've ever done it pretty impressive hangar wow yes it actually is. you know for that uh, pretty impressive hangar for a really impressive airplane yes yes sir it sure is and so um, you did visit the the Oklahoma Air National Guard today you saw their 137 special operations wing what were they able to share with you about their unique mission and and all of their local community support during COVID-19? They've been very busy. They have been, and uh, it was actually fun to return to a unit. Uh, I think I've got my I've got a lot of time in the airplanes that they're flying right now, because yeah. I flew it. I flew the MC-12 for two years as the air component commander and and deployed right. uh, over Afghanistan, and so got to know the weapon system pretty well and got to know the community. And so it was actually good to reconnect and right. see what they're doing. This is a unit that's in uh, in high demand. Um, Southcom especially uh, is really tapping into their expertise for some of the missions that they're doing uh, down down south in our southern southern hemisphere. Right. But I love the fact that they have taken it really to a new level since I left the weapon system back in 2013. Um, some new technology. They've really changed the way now they're managing the people in the program 
and it's really matured and come a long way. Uh, so it was a it was a great visit. I'm very impressed with that unit. Awesome. They're they're pretty high speed, um, and so we as as Tinker and probably the Air Force in general are finding new ways to recognize our airmen on the front lines of this pandemic for the work they do every day. Um, one of the things we do here is is the Tinker Frontline Spotlight. As we do that on social media every day. Um, have you seen any other best practices out there to help keep the morale high during this stressful time? Um, you know, more than anything, it really comes down to engaged leadership. Mm-hmm. And I saw that uh, loud and clear throughout my visit today. And it's leadership at every level. Right. right. This is leaders, you know, that again, go back to that command team, right? It's the commander, it's the senior NCO, it's the volunteer lead spouse that all come together that set a culture in that organization that makes that that makes the right thing easy and the wrong thing hard right. that includes every member of the team and you know going back to your opening you know question about you know inclusiveness and belonging right. that's something that we've got to work on as an air force right we've got to make sure and i saw that in action here we got to make sure that the culture of the unit set by that command team is inclusive of all members of the team that that everyone feels valued and that we're able to have tough conversations mm-hmm. about race, racial relations, uh, unconscious and conscious bias, um, and how we as an Air Force get better. Right. And so th- what I loved about the trip to visit today was just seeing the, the engaged li- leadership, right? Active, guard, reserve. I met three squadron commanders over in the uh, on the guard side that were just fired up mm-hmm. you know about the mission and and leading well and i saw that throughout the depot visit 552nd so team tinker is cooking on cooking with kerosene awesome that's good good to know we do intend to learn and imp- and improve as a result what lessons do you think we may have already learned i think hopefully the one of the most important lessons um is that we we have issues in our United States Air Force that we have to address. Mm-hmm. You know, you really don't make meaningful progress if you don't take ownership of the situation up front. Right. And that's what Chief Wright and I tried to do, you know, immediately after that uh, weekend's tragic and terrible events was to set the standard and sort of show the example of a meaningful, albeit uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. that we have to have that starts with just really leaders at every echelon really listening i mean but i mean talk i'm talking actively listening right squinting with your ears and listening to an airman's story as they tell you what it feels like to be part of this unit right and remember the higher we go in rank and responsibility the more people will tell us what they think we want to hear <laughs> right you got to have stay in power mm-hmm. right you got to lean in right, right? And you got to say no, no no i'm really i really am interested when i walk away from here and you're talking to your buddies you know, what are the things you're going to be frustrated about, and how do I help? And what does it feel like to be in this unit? And do you feel like you're truly a member of this unit? Does the culture of this unit truly embrace you as a valued member of this team? Right. And I think when we start having those really l- meaningful discussions, we may be surprised with what, by what we hear, and we better be ready for uh, some anger. Mm-hmm. We better be ready for some long-term resentment. And then we be better be ready as leaders to take action, meaningful, long-term action that makes the institution better. And and I'll tell you, there's one thing I do worry about, mm-hmm. and that is that uh, you know the uh, 
traditional institutional behavior will try to put this in the rearview mirror too quickly. Mm-hmm. We cannot let that happen. Right. We didn't get here overnight. <clears throat> We're not going to get better overnight. We've got to keep our foot on the gas on this one and not let up. At every level of leadership, we've got to keep, keep on this because we've got work to do. Right. And, and, but we've got it in us. We can do it. It's incredible insight. Incredible. Um, and so this has been an extremely difficult time for all of us in the Air Force and certainly a test of our resilience across the board. What does the Air Force's resilience look like from the 50,000-foot level? How are we doing resiliency you know i'm not sure if i i'm not sure i should tell you uh that i have a good sense of that Mm. and here and here's why i jokingly you know i I talk about uh you know living in washington dc where we're all we all we where it's a little bit hypoxia and every now and then right uh and and so chief Wright and i straight try hard to stay connected but the longer we actually stay and remain in Washington, D.C., the harder it is to really stay connected to ground truth. Mm-hmm. And if we're not careful, we'll start, bre- we'll start believing our own press releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get out of the building and travel out to units and, and wander around and talk to airmen like we did today right. to make sure we actually get a good understanding of how we're doing relative to resiliency. I give Chief Wright a lot of credit. Mm. This has been one of the areas that he's hit hard, and he's been a great face for resiliency across our Air Force. I give uh, General Wilson, uh, the Vice Chief of Staff of the Air Force, a lot of credit. This has been one of the areas that he's been focused on as well. So um, the best person to answer the question that you asked is the squadron commander cadre here at Tinker. Mm. Because I would expect as chief, they can tell you what resiliency looks like. Right. I, I can tell you what I hope it looks like, and I can tell you the things we're doing to improve institutionally. But one of the things I hope that we're doing well is uh, creating space for squadron commanders mm-hmm. to build resiliency as the culture of their unit right. and giving them resources and giving them time and giving them decision space they need to you know, take off, and I and I hope that they are uh, they feel that ownership, right. and they're not waiting for me. Good. Thank you so much for the candid response. Uh, just one last thing, sir, uh, before we get out of here. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? I would just uh, like to I'd like to thank our families here at Tinker and across the Air Force, but especially you know here at Tinker. You know, we our families, our spouses, especially they they exhibit a very special kind of courage. Uh, when they and when they live with the long hours, the hardship, the separations, and something that I don't think we talk enough about, which is the loneliness that often comes with um, being a military spouse mm-hmm. uh, in a nation at war. And I haven't had the chance to thank also the spouses of our civilian workforce uh, as well, who exhibit that same kind of courage. And our families are just an incredible. Uh, part of our strength as a military leader you know, there are a lot of things we try to get right mm-hmm. a lot of things we try to try to do there's one thing we got to get right which is nothing short for me than of than sacred duty right. and that is we got to make sure every every airman right which is active duty guard civilian reserve that we send into harm's way 
has got to be properly organized, trained, equipped, and yeah. courageously led mm-hmm. to be able to get the mission done. And then when they come home to their families, we've taken care of them while they're gone. And so I want to thank the families for their incredible support uh, to our Air Force. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And that is a great place to, to wrap up our conversation. Okay. I know you, you've got a lot to do and, and have to get on, but I can't tell you how much we really, truly are grateful that you took time out of your busy day to sit down and, and have this conversation, an open and uh, somewhat challenging conversation as well. But great words, and uh, thank you so much. Have a safe trip home. Thanks. Right, thanks, sir. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Tinker Talks. General Goldfein had a lot of great things to say, and we are happy he took 30 minutes out of a very busy day to sit down with us and talk about some very important topics. Please don't forget to download and subscribe to Tinker Talks and leave us some feedback. We'd really like to know how we're doing. We want to know what you think of how we're doing. Also, check out our website at www.tinker.af.mil. And if you see the COVID-19 link at the top of the page, you can get all the latest updates for Tinker and the CDC guidelines there. We're also very busy on social media, so check us out uh, at Tinker Air Force Base on Facebook and Instagram and at team underscore tinker on Twitter. Until next time, so you guys uh, join us for another episode. Be safe, be thoughtful, and take care of one another. Have a great day and a better week.